It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. I kind of like the uh, false start that we did before. You know? <laughs> Nobody's going to hear that. <laughs> he was a ta- the, the Tasmanian the devil. With the Tasmanian devil. Somebody out there understands that right now. I'm you know sure. That, They're right? going, oh, I know what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. I've been there before. So uh, we talked yesterday about the Nord Stream pipeline and uh, the problems we're having right now in the Baltic Sea area. Mm-hmm. There's I, a lot of speculation on it. Of course, it's speculation. There really is only one candidate if it is sabotage that could have done it, and that would be us. But then they say there were two support ships, nothing confirmed by Russia that were in the area. They say well, there's a, one, a fourth leak reported, a fourth leak uh, on the Nord Stream pipeline. They also say, Bill, that if they don't repair it, like real soon, then the whole pipeline may be a, a shot because of the salt water getting into the system and corroding certain uh, very key elements in the system. Well, of course, now, we're saying that it's shoddy construction. Either they blew it up themselves or it's shoddy construction. It just started leaking. All these leaks all cropped up at the same time. Two blew up in the same day. But, you mm-hmm. know, there's a history of weird explosions. Well, those Ukrainian forces, they've got in, and it's amazing how a munitions dump just blew up for no reason at all inside of Russia. Well, some Russian ships in port blew up those uh, those paramilitary guys from the Ukraine. They're doing well. They're winning this war. How many times have you heard over the past month how well the Ukraine's doing and how the Russians have their backs against the wall? And then suddenly you texted me something yesterday, which I thought was kind of interesting. Tell, tell the people well, out there a, what it I was. A, I've got a friend, you know, a friend who's got a friend, actually a friend that's got a family member there. And. You know, and the guy is going, you know, I don't know where you guys are getting your news, but point is Ukraine is about to surrender. Wow. Now that's interesting because Zelensky is going, well, you know, we'll be nice to the Russian troops if they want to surrender. And that is the news story we're hearing now, whether it's true or not, you know, from somebody on the other side of the world where things are going on, going, no, 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 no. It's, it's not well, going down the way it is. And that would be interesting because of what's going on with the Nord Stream. Is this a distraction? Because mm-hmm. we can't afford, now that we're backing the Ukraine, what would happen if they did surrender? Think of this, though. They're saying the Russians have their backs against the wall. You're hearing from your friend. And I heard yesterday after I read that article you sent me, that's that text message, that it seems as if the Ukrainians are going to surrender. It was completely different source material, and mm-hmm. uh, it said the same thing. First time that's happened. You have a friend who's there, a friend who has a family member who's there, who's seeing it firsthand, and then I read something that very same day saying, well, maybe things aren't going as well for the Ukrainians as uh, we're being led to believe. And then I hear we're paying up, and this is from Zelensky, $1.5 billion a month to keep that government going? $1.5 billion. Can you imagine what we would do with $1.5 billion uh, well, in this country? I'll, I'll dot those I's and cross those T's. Now, I have no proof of this, but I guarantee no matter what happens with that war, somebody is going to want an accounting for the money. 
And when they get the accounting for the money, there's going to be money missing. And I guarantee you, Zelensky and any people close to him mm -hmm. are going to be seen having a good old time in fancy cars, eating at the finest restaurants, and enjoying the lifestyles of the rich and famous because he's a freaking crook. Well, I've heard the same thing. You know, we see pictures of Zelensky with his camouflage T-shirt on, mm -hmm. and he's sitting there, and it looks like he's in a, a palace somewhere. Who's to say he's not doing that from a studio in some faraway country, you know, away from the uh, fighting in the Ukraine? Well, I got news for you. If you're out there fighting and you're wearing a T-shirt and your battle pants, you know, your, your, your green khakis, uh, if you were out fighting you're going to kind of come back looking like a gruff Fidel Castro. You're, you're going to have, you know, dirt. several days growth yep. on your face. You're going to be covered up in dirt. Your hair is going to be messy. And that T-shirt is not going to look like it just came from the cleaners nice and pressed. So, you know, and it's just like when they show the women that are out fighting for the Ukraine. Well, they got their makeup on, their lipstick on, and they got their uniforms on with high heels. You know, yeah, that's battle material right there. Come on. So here's what we know this morning about what's happening in, in Russia. Mm. Um, Putin supposedly is going to be anne annexing some provinces that were once Ukrainian. Actually, right. actually, Russia says, well, actually, they were once Russian. Then the Ukrainians took them. Now we just had a democratic process, an election in those provinces. And the people in those provinces said, no, we want to go back and be Russian because we are Russian. And, and, of course, the Ukrainians are saying it was a phony election. It was a fraudulent election. People were voting under duress. And mm -hmm. the Russians are saying, nope, they had the opportunity to vote for whatever they wanted to vote for, and they voted to be uh, under our wing, not yours. So well, uh, now the other question, Bill, is if they become technically part of Russian soil on Friday, at least as far as the Russians are concerned, all the fighting that happens right now on that soil, it'll technically be fighting that's being fought on Russian soil, right? I mean, yeah. And if we got troops do? there, that if we got troops there, you know, I, if I were Putin, I would say, you know what? We understand because of the annexation, which you knew was going on. I'm going to give you 24 hours to get the hell out of here. Otherwise, you guys will be prisoner of war. And this is an act of war and aggression against our country. That's how I would. You know, the other thing I hear, and you don't hear anybody talking about this for the most part, is that I hear we have advisors over there. Uh, they're, they're, quote, uh, selling themselves as being mercenaries, okay? They're freedom fighters fighting for the Ukrainian, but technically they're really not. I mean, you know, in reality, yeah. they're people who kind of work for the CIA and they're undercover. And, and because, you know, you're not supposed to have any American troops over there fighting right yeah they're 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 citizen advisors i think yes. that is the <laughs> that that is what they're called and uh, there's a reason i know this but uh we can't talk about that but the simple fact is uh that's what they are mm -hmm. and uh we sent we we did that back in vietnam we sent political advisors yeah it was a police action there. it I, was a police yeah. action and uh, these people may work for the government, may have a high-ranking position in the government, but they're not military, so they're citizen advisors. So, 
for all of my friends on the left, I just ask you to take a second and look back over the previous uh, four years before this administration and ask yourself, uh, what new wars were we in and, and uh, where were we investing billions upon billions of dollars recklessly like this administration is doing? Uh, you can point to Afghanistan. I would say uh, that's not really a good uh, example because Trump was downsizing the amount of uh, troops that were in Afghanistan. His plan was to get us out of there responsibly, mm -hmm. not to just pull the pin and, and wish for the best like this guy did and ha have devastating re uh, uh, a devastating re reaction to uh, the move. I mean, he was... What what Biden did was ridiculous. It was yes, it was careless, and uh, we're paying for it even now. You know, we still to this day have American people behind the scenes in Afghanistan that we can't get out, and nobody's talking about it. It's like, well, if you don't talk about it and you kind of don't it. acknowledge it, it didn't. It's not happening, but it is happening. So uh, we have the Nord Stream pipeline being blown up. Now they're saying there's a fourth leak, which means there might have been a fourth explosion somewhere. I mean, they whoever took this thing out, they didn't want to leave any uh, anything to happenstance. They wanted to make darn sure that it was taken out. Well, one of the things I would say, maybe there wasn't a uh, you know a, another sabotage. The two might have been enough because. If the pipeline was closed off, but you set an explosion somewhere midstream in it, mm -hmm. it's going to send a shockwave through that whole system that's pressurized and sealed. That's going to cause some problems on valves and things all the way through the line. So you, you might see you know, the, the damage that was initially done may have little minor shocks and, and leaks all the way down the line for weeks to come that thing if if it were me i would say that pipeline is shot to begin with i, I wouldn't consider it sound anymore well you know it's not the first pipeline to have had explosions on it i mean there have been explosions on the alaska pipeline that mm -hmm. were fixed but the difference right. the difference is the alaska pipeline for the most part is above ground it's elevated mm -hmm. off the soil so it's it, it, there is a big difference the Nord Stream pipeline is hundreds of feet underwater, and uh, it's dealing, again, with salt water, too, which is a corrosive. Yeah, and how deep down, I don't know, because, you know, everyone's talked about surveillance, and now they say, well, there were support ships by Russia. A support ship is different than a warship or a submarine. You know, yeah, it's got cranes. How deep down it is, I don't know, but, you know, this is hearsay. There is no satellite tracking to prove that those ships were there. And even if there was support ships, what do you, you know, and what else do you have for evidence? Otherwise, it doesn't look good. So uh, Russia has said, we didn't do it. We didn't blow up our own pipeline, but a lot of There's people. No reason for them. There was a, no reason for them to. Well, a lot of people are saying they did it uh, to strike fear into the heart of Europe, to get the people, the populace in Europe, uh, afraid for their own well-being because you know they're going to have terrible heating problems right now. Right, but that was that was his ace. That was Putin's ace, and that's how he makes money. Yeah, and he they said all he, money. Had, he hasn't said, but people who are observers and experts in the situation, all he had to do is turn the valve off. 
He didn't right. have to blow the pipeline up. Yeah, the pipeline being blown up means that he's got, if this is his money, and right now, because we're choking off everything else, if that was his only source of income, or, you know, they got the gas too, but, the, you know, the oil and gas, but if that's his only source of income, are you going to sit there and cut off your only source of income just to spit in your, your enemy's face? Mm -hmm. No, you're not going to do that. Um, so it, it stands to reason that somebody that has political gain actually did it. And there's, there's a handful of people. And actually there's less than a handful. There's one. And that's us. Yeah. I can't imagine that the people, the, the minds in the CIA and uh, I, I, I'm sure they have some fairly intelligent people working in the CIA. I, I'm sure I, I'm surprised that anybody would have thought that doing this was a smart, politically uh, politically advantageous move. Well, what they're probably going to do is if the finger starts to point seriously in our direction, you know, then we're going to sit there and go, China did it. And they could be ones to do it because if they did do it, who would the world look at? It would right. be us. We and talked about that yesterday, right? Yeah, and they're footloose and fancy free because with what Joe said, uh, said and uh, his, uh, you know, the his mouthpiece out there saying the same thing, reiterating it, we basically called a shot, and then when they made that move, well, one would assume, well, it was the U.S. They said they were going to do it. They did it. There it is. And there's a series, a history of other things being blown up on Russian soil or, you know, that's Russian, a munition stump inside Russia. Ah, those careless Russians. Didn't that Somebody happen? Didn't blew they, it up. they just blow one up? Didn't they just blow it up, a munitions dump? Yeah. So we have. And a ship in a shipyard, yeah. So we have all of this activity going on right now. Where do you think it takes us? Do you Now, let's say hypothetically the Russians say we've definitively proven it was the United States. We've, we've actually got definitive proof that the United States did it. Now, by the way, I don't know how they could say that because all the Americans would do is say, that's nonsense. We didn't do it. I mean, they, it's, mm -hmm. what do they say? Call it culpable deniability. Uh, if, if they will continue, why would we have done it? Did you see any American ships there in the area? How can you possibly say we did it? I mean, all of these things would be used as excuses, but let's well, say the Russians say Joe Biden, who said we would do it. So let's, yes, yeah, that's true. That's very true. And also we have Victoria Newland, his senior advisor on, on right. world affairs, uh, saying the same thing. So, um, I mean, the Russians may say, well, we have definitive proof. We have uh, parts, remnants of the explosive. We, uh, things like that. I mean, they can do forensics too. The, the Russians have oh, the yeah. ability to, you know, they get a couple of pieces of the uh, destroyed pipe. You bring it back to a lab in Moscow and voila. Well, you know, you can sit there and say you got evidence that you don't have. The United States, the CIA, the FBI, and the Department of Justice have proven that right now with Trump. They can make stuff up and fabricate it to make the story sell the way they want it to sell. The Russians could too. But the simple fact is there's evidence, just like when Japan, the ambassador, didn't go and do his declaration of war, and they came in and attacked Pearl Harbor, 
Well, it was pretty obvious when everyone looked up and saw those Japanese zeros, we knew who blew the hell out of us. So we knew who was guilty. You know what's different, though? The difference between December 7th, 1941 and today is that in 1941, we had uh, ABC. It wasn't ABC at the time. I think it was the Red the Blue Network. Uh, anyway, they had three networks. They had CBS, NBC Red, and NBC uh, Blue, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and... That was it. No, they had mutual too. They had four. So they had four right. net radio networks. They had control over the propaganda. They had control over what was going to be said to the American people. So, you know, my dad was driving around in his car with his good looking girlfriend who ended up being my mom, you know, and, uh, life was good. And they turned the radio was on and all of a sudden they hear the uh, bulletin and the whole mood of the country changed almost on a dime. It was controlled. Bingo. There was no alternate source. There was no internet to, to refer to, to see whether what they're saying is true. Right. And, and since 1941, a lot of people have said, well, you know, there's some reports that uh, they actually uh, knew it was going to happen before it happened. And they kept it suppressed so that it would happen and the attitude of the country would change because up until 1941, we were, we were a neutral country and we liked it that way, you know, and they yeah, figured you, know, you needed a major catastrophe to get them motivated. Well, well, we get complacent. We as a nation get complacent, but so do our politicians. Nothing to see here. Nothing to look at. Don't worry. We'll let you know when something's wrong. And then when it blows up in their face, you know, it blows up in our face too. And then they act surprised like this was unpropagated, you know, but well, we you, know. you have, you have a situation now where the Nord Stream pipeline blows up. One of the first things we do is we go to our different sources on the internet. What's really going on for what we just talked about a second ago about the Ukraine. If, it's, right. if it was happening in 1941, they could control it. The big bad Russians invaded the poor, uh, unsuspecting, uh, farmers in the Ukraine who rose up with their pitchforks and went out to defend their property and their homeland w against all odds. And, and I mean, this is the thing that they would paint. So the Russians are saying we went in because of the Nazis and because of the bio chemical labs that were all across the border, you know, Joe Biden and Zelensky. Oh, they denied that. That's ridiculous. Nazis. Can you imagine that? <laughs> They're saying, they're saying we have Nazis in the Ukraine, which, by the way, is a proven fact. If you read the darn material, the Azov Battalion exists and they're Nazis. So, I well, mean, they exist when it's convenient for the people calling the shots for them to exist. Otherwise, they don't exist. I'll never forget the answer that uh, Zelensky said when he was asked about the uh, Azov Battalion being Nazis. And his answer on an interview, I think it was a major uh, interview program. It might have been like a 60 Minutes or something or Face the Nation or something where he right. said, well, they are what they are. They are what they are, meaning, hey, I can't help it. They're Nazis. Hey, that's, that's the way it is. But they they're are on what our they side. are is an admission that they are and they're there. And uh, yet, but on that breath, they're there. They're what they are. Yeah. And the next breath, oh, Nazis, what are you talking about? But he didn't deny it in that interview. They are right. what they are. Meaning, 
hey, let's move on. <laughs> they're Nazis? Yeah, they're Nazis. But what do you, what else do you want me to know? The difference is that we don't have a, a media that can control the whole message now. We right. have a media that we can pick and choose and find the answers, and we really should. I would suggest to my friends on the left, even if you can't stand uh, you know, conservative Republicans because you've always voted for Democrats all your life, now might be a good time to take a deep breath, pause, and, and look into what's really happening in our world and who's causing the problems. Who is causing the problems in the world right now? Is it Donald Trump and his administration? Is it the conservatives who are doing this? Or is it the left? I mean, we didn't have any of this nonsense until Joe Biden came in. We have an invasion in our country. Southern borders as porous as porous can be, right? Yeah. Now, speaking of the uh, the open border thing, you know what's, uh, and you're seeing it all over the Internet and, and what's going on. There are random acts of violence. And, of course, they're, they're saying, well, you know, there's more media now. It appears that there's more random acts. But what you have here, like a woman that was beat beaten up, she was walking along, and all of a sudden this one guy came up in white pants, beat the hell out of her. And she's going blind in one eye from it. And it was a black woman that was beat up by a man, another man of color. But he was a convicted killer from another country. I believe yeah, that. Yeah. And then I, you know, you're seeing videos in New York, sanctuary states that say, and there is no definition of what sanctuary is, but they basically let these people in to stay here that are not vetted citizens. So the illegals are going to the sanctuary cities and states, and now they're in. You know what they're doing too now? And they're Didn't, going out in packs and beating the hell out of regular citizens here. Well, they're not just going to any sanctuary city. The illegals now, I read this story this morning, they're actually looking to the sanctuary cities to have the best benefits. They're being choosy, right? Oh, uh, I don't want to go. I want to go to Boston. Boston has really good benefits for illegals, you yeah. know, as opposed to like Denver. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Denver will take you in maybe, but Boston's really good. You know, also, I read it yesterday about a gang of, they showed 10 illegals, right? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a gang that is uh, terrorizing a community. They've gotten together and they were p doing break-ins and extortions and they were threatening people and they were all illegals doing this. This is, yeah. a, this is a crime that wouldn't have happened if Joe had paid attention to our border. How many people have you read about who have been murdered by illegals since the border was uh, opened up? Yeah, well, here's my question. You catch them. Are we going to release them again? Because do we have laws in place or do they have immunity from prosecution? Because, you know, they're escaping this terrible place they came from. Oh. And this is just a normal reaction. And we can't hold them responsible for killing your sons and daughters. I heard somebody. And your grandma and grandpa. I heard somebody on the left say that uh, all these people are being vetted by the border police. Well, yeah, I've, I, I saw and heard that being, interview. But they're not no. being vetted by the border police. They're, they're being put on buses in the same day, shipped to different, uh, different cities. 
Well, basically what they're saying is they cross the border. Yeah, yeah. Like a priest waving his hand over you. You've been blessed, you know, yeah. uh, they, by crossing the border. Well, you're vetted. You're in the country now. Welcome to America. Beat the hell out of somebody while you're here. Why, why don't you? One of the interesting things I heard Carrie Lake say in an interview a couple of days ago, and it's so refreshing to hear her say it. They, I think she was on um, Tucker's show. And she said she's really not in favor of, of people being flown to the different cities, these illegals being dropped off in like Chicago and Boston. And Tucker seemed a little surprised. Well, why do you say that? She says, no, I, I actually believe that they should be busted and, and dropped off in their home country. You know, I thought, <laughs> I like that. And she also said, yeah. if you spread them around the country, it's going to be harder to round them up later. That's first, true. first time that I heard any politician say that they will be rounded up and people and taken say, back home. Yeah. People say, well, how can you round them up? You know, you drop off all these illegals in, let's say Boston. I can assure you that the Boston police have a handle basically on where the illegals are staying in their city. They have an idea where these people are going. Uh, they, you know, it will probably be a heck of a lot harder to, to put them back on the bus and send them back to uh, to Venezuela or Honduras, but and I know that there are people saying, "Oh, how insensitive to send these people back to to Venezuela or Honduras," but see, it's their home country, and we are we used to be a country of laws. Not anymore. We want to open up the borders. We want to do everything. And this goes back to Obama. He wanted that. And he says, for us to sit there and not want these people here, that makes us racist because we are, we are, we're a white nation saying we don't like people of dark skin color, you know, which by the way, uh, Mr. Obama, number one, you're really not all black like you claim. And number two, that's a damn racist thing to well, say. I believe that the people who are the most racist are the left. And, yeah. and, and the left will go, oh, how dare you say that? Wait a second. Everything you look at is through a racial lens. I'm talking about right. everything the left looks at is through a racial lens. If, if we do something like we don't like illegals coming across the border, if we say we want them to go back to their home country, the you guys on the left will say that's racist, like Obama said, right? It's all yeah. It's, well, you know, the, you're a racist for calling racism to their attention by them. Oh, we're not a racist. I'm not a racist. You know. Well, yeah, you are. And you know what? If you say that you've never had a racist thought, you're a liar. Whether you're black, white, Asian, Japanese, hey. Martian, you have had thoughts. You're racist. Look at these people on, for example, The View saying, essentially, if you were born white, you're a racist. And they sell this to people. They literally sell it to people. They'll say, you know, you were born white, so you really should feel like this guilt, this guilt for being white. It, you know, I don't think that anybody should feel guilty for being any color. Well, you know? let me ask you a question. Before you were born, did uh, some divine entity come up and say, all right, you are going to be born a white man by the name of Jim Harrington. 
No, Did you have that choice? It's the luck of the draw, I guess. That's it. Pure, pure yeah. Simple. So you could have been born anything. Anything. You could have been born the color of my coffee in Ethiopia, which is would have been perfectly fine. Exactly. You don't have a choice how you come into this world. What you come in as is what you come in as. And when you come in, uh, when I came into the world, I didn't sit there. I didn't come in free thinking, well, I'm going to be this, 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 and this, and this is what I well, am Well, right you know, now. the Democrats, I said this story yesterday, the Democrats are saying, not all Democrats, but a lot of Democrats are saying that you can be identified as a transgender as early as three years of age. Now, I thought about that last night, and I thought, three years of age? I didn't know what the heck I was doing at three years of age. I didn't know what color I was. I, I Maybe I was, I'm sure I was uh, potty trained by then, but that was about it. I was pretty good at eating even at three years of age, but that's about it. I didn't know that there were races. I didn't know that there were words like transgender. You know, uh, now they're, they're making everything part of an issue. You yeah. know, uh, when you were that age, you didn't care. You didn't see things through, uh, no. a racial lens. You didn't, you didn't see it through any lens. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go with uh, one of my best friends when I was growing up, but that is actually true. We weren't the same color. You know, I had a lot of friends that today you would sit there. They might be identified a certain way, but society, society pushed people into certain direction, in certain directions. They've tribalized us. Yeah. They've separated us, and they, that's what they, they want to do. When I was a young kid, uh, there was more of, people would say it was more of a racist world we lived in, mm -hmm. even, even if it was subtle. Even if it was subtle, and if you were to ask people back then, are you a racist, they would, oh, no, no, no. But then they might say something in passing, kidding, that was insensitive and not appropriate. I was watching uh, yesterday a Marx Brothers movie from 1941 called, oh the, boy. called the Big Store. And yeah. it was silly, you know, with Groucho and Chico and Harpo. And they were, they, they were doing their typical things. But there was one song and dance routine where the camera's panning the group and up on a stage are uh, a four, four black gentlemen and they were essentially doing um, stereotypical singing, like, you know, Camp Town Races, sing that song, doo-dah, you know. I mean, it was, and they were being stereotyped in this movie. And it was so casual, so, like, accepted. But it was 1941. And what I'm saying is we have evolved. When people say, oh, we're a racist world, we have learned as a country over the decades to be better people towards each other. Do you know? Oh, there, there used to be books, and people still send them around as a meme now, you know, how to keep your woman in check. Oh, I've you seen know, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, back in the 40s and 50s. You know, when you get home from a hard day's yes. work, she should meet she you should with a door. With done. A, she a, should have all her makeup yes. made, and she should be dressed nice. And give you a martini. Your, <laughs> Give you a martini, have your dinner on the table, and rub your feet and whatever else you want rubbed <laughs> while you're having dinner. Yeah. You know, uh, which is stupid. I mean, sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a dream you know, world, but you know, and that was a dream world in a man's mind. Which you know? makes me respect my mother even more because 
she would she would never have had any of that nonsense. She would never have gone for a bit of that nonsense back in the She night. would have knocked him the <laughs> hell out. Oh, yeah. And my dad knew it. <laughs> but uh, the environment was that way, Bill. You're absolutely yeah. correct. It was, but it was subtle. We evolve as a people, yep. and we will continue to evolve. And you, you know, the one thing that will always be true as long as man walks the earth. Every day that we wake up until it ends, there's always going to be fault that we can find in ourselves, and surely there's going to be fault that you want to cast on everybody else around you because you have no fault. I hear the left all the time talking about slavery how they want reparations and slavery. No one talks at all about the fact that 600,000 people died to remove that scourge from our society. 600,000 mostly white guys died. I mean, there were black units, yes. I think the 54 Massachusetts was a very good black unit. Mean things and brutality against a race is now happening against white people. Uh, and you know, the, the discrimination has been going on for years and continues. Now I'm not saying that, uh, I'm not privileged. I'm not saying I am privileged. I'm just saying that the, the tables have turned and you would have thought with the tables turning, uh, and both sides have fought to get these tables turned that we would be a little bit more oh. balanced, a little bit more fair. It's a pendulum bill. You swing the pendulum the other way, and what happens? That uh, pendulum swings all the way over to the other end. So if you are considered white racist on this side and you move the pendulum, it swings over to black racist, and that's where mm -hmm. we are now. It is there, We're not in the medium spot. Do you know what I'm right. saying? You know, and you talk about uh, women are going, oh, the, the rights of women, the women to do this, the women to do that. Do you know in history there have been societies where women were dominant, they they ruled, and they the men were subservient to all the women. Uh, it's in the news now is actually there was a um, you know ethnicity. It was it was women that were black that that in in this particular time. You look at commercials, look at television, right? It's a reflection of our society right now. Mm -hmm. It has gone to the other extreme. Were the commercials, for the most part, uh, for, for decades, mostly white, 99% white? Absolutely were. Yep. Yes, they were. That was a reflection of our society. So now they, they're trying to be politically correct and do the right thing. So what has happened? It has gone completely the other way. So you don't, the exception to the rule when it comes to casting is the white guy or the white gal. It's not the black person or the Asian person or the minority. It is completely different. And well, I'm, I'm all for, you know, fair inclusion. representation. Yeah. Inclusion and fair representation. Um, and it's going to be hard to draw the line. What is balanced and what is not. But when you go back and take something that was one way and you purposely redo it, recast it to, to depict it another way, why not just leave that alone, let it stand, come up with something totally new and cast it the way that you see these characters and let that earn its place in history. I heard stand. a uh, commercial for a fast food company. I'm not going to say what it was, but uh, I heard two versions. One was a, a version in Spanish and Spanish commercials are not unusual. What was unusual 
is it was casually placed in rotation on a mainstream English network. Now it's on the main channel. Exactly right. And uh, I thought that was different. Also, I saw a, a variation of a, a commercial like that where it had the father had a deep Hispanic accent, so much so that I could hardly tell what he was saying, and with kids in the car. And, and it, they were pointing this uh, campaign towards new members of our society. Do you know? Well, here's an interesting fact about uh, spoken language. Of course, the accepted language of the United States, and I say accepted for a reason, is is English. It always had, as a matter of fact, American or English has been adopted as the universal language around the world. Everywhere you go, somebody there speaks it. It is considered the prominent language, although when you go to a foreign country, you should be courteous and try to listen to and understand their language because you are a visitor there. You're a guest. But it's interesting to note that the the chosen language, the adopted language of the United States, oh, wait, we don't have one. Uh, and actually, it's too late. Our language is considered English. Actually, it's considered, but it's not. It, there is no, there's no official ruling on it. See, and I, I don't know you, about that, Bill. I, I, that's something I, we I've should check. Okay. Well, if you if you say there's no official language, I think I there is. I looked it up once. Uh, I, I think it's just assumed. Mm -hmm. uh, I could be wrong, but I know I looked it up about six months ago, and. Yeah, they they were saying the, the the United States has no adopted language, you know. So actually, I'm he's, as we speak, now. he's hitting the keyboards. I'll I'll fill in the blanks here while he's uh, doing his search. I was just reading where, uh, you know, Joe Biden has a lot of his political papers at the University of Delaware, and I say political papers, stuff that he's done over the course of his entire political career back into the seventies. And what's unusual about this? is it's under lock and key and they won't let anybody look at it. They won't look at, they don't want anybody to look at his, at his, uh, political activity uh, until two years after he's out of the presidency. So I thought, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Yeah. That's, well, typical. that's true. That's true. All right. So here we go. The United okay. States has never had an official language at the federal level. So we do not have, an adoptive language. However, mm -hmm. now the pendulum swings your way. 32 states of the United States, in some cases, yes. as part of what has been called the English-only movement, have adopted legislation granting official status to English. So there's a left versus right thing they would say. I don't think it's that. But I do agree that we should say we're the United States. We we, we were speak in English. English. We, yeah. We, we speak English. Uh, but I think now, if you did it now, oh, that would be so you, political. You, you know what the thing about learning English, uh, I think. It is, is the most complicated language to learn. But but it also you know, it brings all of these immigrant movements. It includes them into our society. Mm -hmm. If you come to this country and you speak just Spanish and you don't learn English and you don't want to learn English, you can't delegated. you can't fully assimilate into our society. No. Nope. But if you learn the language, you become quote one of us. You you know what I'm saying? You really become included. I mean, you you meet somebody and they'll say to you, I'm always impressed by this when you meet somebody who'll say, Yeah, I, I immigrated to the country eleven years ago, and when I got here, I couldn't speak a word of English. I'll give you an example. 
a great hockey player, Mario Lemieux, when he came down yeah, Mario, from, yeah. when he came down from Canada, couldn't speak a, a word of English. He came, I believe, from the Montreal area. When he came down here, he spent his days, he said, watching a lot of American soap operas. So he not only ended up learning the language by watching the TV, but he also learned the accent of the English. So if you hear him talk now, he sounds really good. I mean, he sounds, uh, he has a great uh, mastery of the English language. There was the other player too, Yami Yager, uh, I remember. And he came over from where was it? Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Yep. Couldn't speak an ounce of English because he always, uh, he got caught speeding in a sports car because he just <laughs> got a boatload of money. Yep. And every time they knew who he was and he'd just sit there and smile, you know, when they pulled him over, <laughs> yeah, go along, just yeah. get out of here, <laughs> yeah. go, go, keep moving, son, because in a great, a great game, you know. And the guy couldn't read the signage. The guy, no, he, could, he didn't know what the hell you were saying. Yeah, so he exactly. just smiled. <laughs> no, he, he went out in press conferences and all these women, oh, you but, know his name. But these guys learned. But these guys learned the language. Yeah. They learned. You heard Evgeny Malkin, another player, hockey player from Russia. Uh, yeah. When he came here initially, he couldn't speak any English. And then he, as time went along, it became choppy English, and then it became a little better. And now it's uh, passable English when he's talking. He can carry on a conversation. He hey, has look, there are people from, I don't know, places like Boston. That, that Bast- kind of, you mean Bastin. But Bastin, yeah, yeah, they mutilate the English language. Actually, I, uh, is I, it, I take offense to that remark. <laughs> well, I was, I was doing that to get your herb because <laughs> you really— did. When, when people, you know, well, Plymouth Rock, you know, and a lot of things, you know, started there. There was a phrase. Oh, you mean oh, Plymouth, oh. Plymouth Rock. Yeah. Plymouth Rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, somebody, we were talking about dinner the other night, you know, and somebody said, yeah, I made some American chop suey. Uh-huh. You know, what the hell is that? Oh, I love American chop suey. It's goulash. No, it's cho- American chop suey. It's not it's goulash. goulash. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, you know what? American chop suey uh-huh. is from where you were talking about. That region <laughs> of the country only. It is the only place it, that calls now, it American chop suey. If you know what American suey. chop suey is, it's noodles and ground hamburger with a, uh, what do you call it, uh, red sauce and yeah, tomato paste, yeah, that's you it. know, and then you throw in some vegetables in it, you season it up, and you serve it with uh, on mashed potatoes, you know. No, 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 no. That's goulash. We don't that's put mashed goulash. We don't put mashed potatoes on our American chop suey. I don't know where you had your American chop suey, but my American chop suey is Noodles. Well, I've never had hamburger. American chop suey. I've had goulash, and I had it in Pennsylvania. I've had it in North Carolina, Florida, even in Fresno, California. Oh, well, in, I, in can, I can, I can, I can believe you'd have it in Fresno, chop suey. <laughs> but chop suey is well. No, you know it's what? American chop suey. It is different. You know. Well, you know what? I always called that uh, delicious. Call it something else. It's delicious, <laughs> but it's called something else. And it's not chop suey, <laughs> but chop suey is just, you know, All and I right. will say your, your, chop suey your is friend goulash. in the Boston area, what does she call it? Uh, she calls it chop suey. Uh, she's a smart lady. Anyway, uh, 
She's Canadian too, you know. Well, she was cool. not born in Canada. Cool, you know? Goulash, Goulash, Goulash. Hey, uh, Joe was at a. I say Joe. I'm being very familiar. President Biden was at a function yesterday. Just Do they at, have goulash there. I don't know. Or, I, I don't think. Sword? I don't think Joe knows either. But he walks into this this room, and this was about nine thirty, I guess, ten o'clock yesterday morning, and. He did this like two weeks ago. He said the same line. I'll play it for you. He walks into the room. Listen carefully right. to what he says. Don't jump. Yes. Joe says, don't jump. He thinks that's a funny line. He said it like two weeks ago at another event. The same line. He looked up into a group that were sitting like in a balcony, I guess. Don't jump. <laughs> He's a fathead. Anyway, at the same function, they're talking about this law that they got through, and he called it a bipartisan effort. See, my, bo- my Boston yeah. accent is coming through. Yeah, We're talking about go. American yeah. American chop suey. Um, anyway, he's talking about uh, a bipartisan effort, and he starts mentioning names of senators and stuff, and he mentions... Uh, Jackie Woloski, she was the representative from Kentucky who was killed in a car accident about a month ago, a little over a month exactly, ago. Yeah. And um, here's what he said. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Did you hear this? I'm going to play it again. Some people might not have caught it. I'm going to play the same thing again. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. He Where's said, Jackie? Where's Jackie? Yeah. Well, she's in heaven now, a place you'll never see. I found that amazing. To hear him ask, where's Jackie? You know, Joe and Jill put together a condol- letter of condolence and sent it to the family. Uh, after uh, Representative Woloski was killed in the car accident. And you would have thought that Joe would have known just from that alone that she was uh, deceased. But no. As a matter of fact, before this function started, just before he entered the stage, they had run a little video, a tribute to her, saying, oh, nice. you know, acknowledging her in video. So if Joe was paying attention to what was going on while he was backstage, you would have thought he would have seen that video too. Well, Joe pays attention to the voices in his mind. Corinne Jean-Pierre, of course, she said that what Joe said yesterday was absolutely okay and normal and understandable. Listen. Final one. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What, so- what happened? So the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the president. He uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming Friday. 
I mean, she's tap dancing as fast as she could. She's doing everything she can to ignore the uh, question, to just dance around it. Oh, you know, it was understandable that he was talking about her in, in the present tense. But here's the problem. The people out on the left, oh, okay, yeah, I buy that. They buy anything that's fed to them. Well, you're probably right. He also had this to say, if you can't figure out what he's saying, well, you're not alone. You heard from Senator, uh, from Secretary Vilsack. Senator, excuse me, I ignore you. How can decide? He's doing a hell of a job. Unbelievable. It's like mumble jumble and no, all kidding aside, he's doing a hell of a job. People, they mm. got to look dazed and confused in the audience unless they're doing some sort of illicit drug. You know, I mean, uh, also, Kareem Jean-Pierre was asked, you know, there was a massive hurricane, uh, more than, it said that 1.6 million people were without power in Florida, right? A lot of homes oh, destroyed. It's, it's Sharks. 25, the, the, the number is enormous who had to be evacuated. You know, it's just terrible. Sharks were swimming in the streets of Fort Myers. They have yeah. video of sharks swimming like down Main Street in Fort Myers because of the uh, surge, because the whole city was underwater. So listen to this question and Corrine Jean-Pierre's answer. The president's schedule tonight has him attending a political fundraiser while the storm is hitting the state of Florida. Is it still his intent to go to the fundraiser, or will he stay here at the White House and monitor the bill? So um, we don't have anything to change, any changes uh, in his schedule. Of course, no changes in his schedule. There's only a massive flood taking place in one of our 50 states, and people are being displaced. Uh, there are people dying people being injured, uh, people without power. Not a big problem because Joe has to go to a fundraiser. So while he was sipping champagne and smiling and cavorting with his political friends, tragedy was unfolding in Florida, and it wasn't a bulb. It's understandable. I mean, Florida voted red, right? They voted for Donald Trump, so he had a reason to ignore of uh, course. Florida. Unbelievable. But we're going to, yeah, you know, we're sending all this aid to the Ukraine, which may be surrendering. And, you know, good luck down there in Florida. Yeah. Right. It's your red state. You know, wait until you go blue. I'll give you everything you want. No changes. Just uh, life goes on for, for Jumpin' Joe. And, uh, and he, why should he miss a good party because of a little rain? Oh, yeah. You know, He's a party animal anyway. He, you know. he, he really is. You know, I, you try to think if this were Trump and, and he was not going to acknowledge what was going on like Joe really didn't acknowledge what was going on in Florida, mm-hmm. the media would have been all over him like flies on manure, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, they are all over him like flies on manure, but for the wrong reasons and for made-up reasons, too. That's true. Uh, another interest, interesting little uh, tidbit I thought was... Uh, we should point out that, uh, speaking of President Trump, the Trump legal team claims Biden Department of Justice misled the court and actually seized 200,000 pages of documents from Mar-a-Lago. I mention this because you had said yesterday, before this story came out, that you believed that you had read, that, I guess there were more documents that were seized than previously well, what- acknowledged? Yeah, what I, well, 
there's a lot of misdirection in this story. So you got to wonder who's lying. And now if Trump is saying they took a lot more papers, mm -hmm. then that takes my one argument and, and, and kind of turns it around. Because they said, well, we took 11 boxes. No, we took 15 boxes. No, we took 20 boxes. And then, okay. And we saw the boxes that were coming up uh, out there, standard storage boxes, those Xerox boxes. Well, how many pieces of paper can you hold in one of those boxes? The answer is two to 3,000, depending, but it's roughly, let's just call it 2,500. So you do the 2,500 times the 20, and there you go. You got 50,000 pieces of paper however many documents that would well, be. Now, but what they said, the DOJ clarified to the the, the special master, yes, we're clearing this up. Uh, we got about 300 documents. Uh, now, we're going to clarify some of the ones that we got because they're still changing what they found. But 300 documents, friends, you could put all that in one box. Here's what it says. The Department of Justice told the court, I guess that's the special master, Mm -hmm. that they seized 11,000 documents. Trump's lawyers alleged that 11,000 documents actually tallied up to 200,000 pages, which is why uh, it says so many vendors have declined the potential engagement. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I mean, this is legalese. This really is, this is eyes crossing uh, dialogue here. But what they're saying is it may be 11,000 documents. There were 200,000 pages of material here that have gone missing. They're not yeah. being honest and forthcoming. Yeah, I, I don't know. But you know what? And getting back to did he declassify or not, it really doesn't matter whether he said, I go, hey, Jim, I'm declassifying this. If I'm the president, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to tell you according to the protocols, which, by the way, there is not mm -hmm. protocols. But you'll hear different attorneys saying, well, it would be proper to uh, contact the joint, uh, the joint Chiefs of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marine. Well, you should contact Nancy. No, you don't have to contact anybody. There is no protocol. And uh, presidents before have taken documents, and they just took them, which means they thought about taking them, they declassified them in their freaking brains, and they're gone. And, you know, you can ask for them back, but... They were the commander-in-chief. They are entitled to declassify and take them, whether you like it or not, unless there's a different set of rules for Donald J. Trump. One more thing before we close this show. Uh, Chris Wallace, you know Chris Wallace. He left, oh, yes, of course. He, he left Fox News and well, under great fanfare, went over to CNN. Oh, yes. Oh, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, Chris Wallace has a new show on CNN and HBO Max. It's called... Who's talking to Chris Wallace? That's the name of the show. Nobody. <laughs> well, nobody. It should be called Who's Watching Chris Wallace, actually. Nobody. That's it. Uh, there were only 401,000 viewers, which is 29% below the average of normal viewers for that time slot uh, watching his show. What's even worse is amongst the 25 to 54 ratings, which uh, is a prime group, the, the ratings were 64% below average for his show. You know, So he's, he's having some problems adapting to the CNN environment. Yeah, well, good luck with that. You know, I've programmed, and you probably have worked for and programmed two radio stations in single markets mm -hmm. that had more listeners than uh, what yes. he's got viewers. Daytimers. <laughs> yeah. Daytimers. When the sun goes down, the... 
transmitter goes off. There you I, go. There was a radio station in Hartford that uh, was a daytimer. Yeah. And uh, I remember going down to the rating service uh, in Maryland, and we would look at the diaries. Diaries were what people kept a record of what they were watching. And, and I would see that people were listening to this radio station when it was off, it the, was air. off the air. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I've seen the ones filled uh, filled out by crayons too. You know, they fill them out in crayon. It's like, yeah, I'm sure yes. mom and dad sat down yeah. and hey, draw dear, little pictures me, on it. Could you give me some crayons out of the drawer over there? Yeah, thank you. I'm going to fill this thing out. Speaking of crayons, you should write this number down 833 538 7868. 833 538 7868. That is our phone number. If you can't remember it easily that way, just remember 833 Let's vote okay and that will get us through get and the through. e on the end is you don't really have to punch it in but you can punch red, it if you want to you know it's you know. a red e just yes. so you know yes it's not really a functional e for our purposes it's just there so you can remember the, the saying let's it's vote a, otherwise it would be a three three let's vote which which <laughs> is what democrats do they <laughs> I voted for you. I really did. I've, I've, I, I went out and voted for you. I voted. I'm sure you did. Oh, boy. <laughs> With that, I think we should say goodbye. Mail at itsanotherday.com. You can send go all vote. your email to me. I'm going to go vote. Yeah, you go vote yourself, all right? <laughs> I'm getting the vote out of here. I hope so. <laughs>